And it's 8.30 on Friday, October 26th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. All week long, we've been holding our fall pledge drive, and we are encouraging listeners to contribute and thanking those who already have. Please, right now, go online to mpbonline.org or call 1-888-372-GIVE. And stay tuned for more details. Coming up on today's show, find out what Ivanka Trump has to say about affordable child care in Mississippi. Then, details on an effort to get prescription drugs and opioids out of the community. And we'll learn about the memorial for the last recorded lynching in Mississippi. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Ivanka Trump was in Mississippi to talk about the need for affordable child care in the state. Trump is on staff as an advisor to her father, President Donald Trump. At a meeting in Gulfport yesterday, she says affordable child care is important if women are expected to enter the workforce. Trump had mixed praise for Mississippi. It is amazing to see what is happening in Mississippi. So while there are still issues with access and affordability to child care, Mississippi has one of the best records of any state in the country um, in terms of cost of, of early child, infant childhood daycare, so on an annualized basis. So you're doing some great work, but I know that nobody feels the work is close to being done. Trump also cited some of the challenges facing Mississippi families. We all know that the growing and competing demands of work and family make it increasingly difficult for parents to succeed in both. This is particularly a challenge for women who provide the vast majority of unpaid care for either minors or adult dependents. Parents are faced with a tough choice, and they sometimes must leave the workforce entirely, making workforce reentry challenging and affecting their families' earning potential and financial well-being. Latest research shows that one in three American families spend 20% or more of their household income on childcare. And in geographically roughly 50% of the nation, childcare is the single largest family expense. This is unsustainable and something we are committed to addressing. These figures are frankly alarming, and they do warrant our collective attention. Access and quality are also variable factors that represent significant challenges in our existing childcare offerings. Ivanka Trump. Carolyn Willis is vice president for educational programs at Delta Health Alliance. She says a unified system ultimately benefits more children. What we have learned is that children benefit the most when they are receiving help from a number of places like Delta Health Alliance, um, like local school districts, the Department of Education, the Department of Human Service, when everyone works collaboratively. And through these efforts, we have seen that families are placed on a pathway to succeed. Um, We know that this unified system can and does um, work. What we have seen in our ecosystem is that 25% of the incoming kindergartners uh, were entering into kindergarten ready to learn. That is a very low number. And over the course of three years, what we found is we increased this figure to 54%. And that also 90% of those children were were connected to medical homes where they were able to receive preventative care. Um, In the meantime, we're working with child care centers. We train them, uh, purchase for them, train them, and um, on the effective use of curriculum. 
And while we were doing that, we also helped 100 teachers receive child development associate uh, credentialing. So for the parents, we also included them in the process. We were able to help them in furthering their education or to get a skilled trade while assuring that their children were connected to a high quality child care center. So if everyone from nonprofit organizations, from Entergy to Mississippi Power Company, Head Start state agencies are preparing not only current workforce, but future workforce, our families and our children are better off. Carolyn Willis with the Delta Health Alliance. According to MarketWatch, daycare for one child in Mississippi costs just over $5,000 a year. Coming up, details on an effort to get prescription drugs and opioids out of the community. But first, we are moving towards the end of our drive time, our fall drive time. And Ezra Wall is here to tell you why you should be giving. Good morning, Karen. I, I, am, I am indeed. And you can give at 888-372-GIVE. Our website is mpbonline.org. And uh, you can make your contribution that way. And the why is, I mean, while you're listening to our signature uh, morning news program, it's really, it's the only uh, news magazine program that, that reaches the entire state every single morning. So if that isn't reason enough, I don't know what is. But in addition to that, we have fantastic educational offerings not only throughout our radio schedule, but throughout our television network and throughout the building. We had a bunch of kids up in the building yesterday for a a nationwide program called Read for the Record, and that was amazing. I had my face painted like Spider-Man. And uh, if if your children have benefited from the educational programming on MPB television, if you have learned something from one of the doctors that comes here to MPB Think Radio every single day to take your calls, if you have learned how to fix your car, if you have gotten a piece of valuable news, if we have given you enough information to feel comfortable with your choices at the ballot box, then we have done our jobs, and now we're asking for your help so that we can continue to do just that. You can make a contribution today at mpbonline.org. That's mpbonline.org, or call 888-372-GIVE. You know, if you don't uh, have time to listen to Mississippi Edition every morning, Mm -hmm. don't fret. It's there. You can listen to it later. It's Yeah, we podcast Mississippi Edition along with all of our other Mississippi-produced programs, and that'll be up just as soon as I find the time to put it there. (laughs) So uh, while you're at mpbonline.org, you can uh, catch a previous episode of Mississippi Edition. Let me tell you, it doesn't take long to make the contribution. It, it, It just takes a matter of seconds. I mean, I think you can probably do it in less than two minutes by going to mpbonline.org, using our secure website to fill in all of the appropriate information. Choose what level you'd want to give, whether you want to give a one-time donation or or what many people are trending toward is you can set a lower monthly dollar amount and then you don't miss it so much. And it just comes out of your uh, bank account every month as a draft. And uh, and that's $10 a month, $20 a month. You're a member and a sustainer. Absolutely. We would love to see you do that. So once again, the website is mpbonline.org. MPBonline.org. That's MPBonline.org or call 888-372-GIVE. Support for MPB comes from the Woodward Hines Education Foundation, committed to helping more Mississippians obtain post-secondary credentials, college certificates, and degrees that lead to employment. More information about Woodward Hines Education Foundation at woodwardhines.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. 
Law enforcement agencies statewide are preparing for Mississippians to drop off prescription drugs they don't need. Tomorrow is National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day. Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics Director John Dowdy says it's a critical public safety tool and a health issue in the fight against the opioid epidemic. He says at the last take-back event in April, Mississippians turned in 4,500 pounds of pills. He tells MPB's Desiree Frazier more. The DEA has uh, been involved with uh, for a number of years. Uh, we've expanded the effort here in Mississippi uh, thanks to the partnerships that we have uh, with DEA uh, and our local police departments and sheriff's departments all across the state. Can you give us an update on where things are going in terms of opioids, the, the status of how the state is doing at this point fighting the uh, crisis? I think right now we're uh, doing extremely well. One of the, uh, I guess, one of the metrics that we're looking at is the number of prescriptions that are being prescribed in the medical community. Uh, those numbers continue to go down uh, every quarter, and uh, we're making substantial headway there. Uh, we've ramped up our enforcement activity, uh, trying to go after uh, major heroin dealers uh, that are, you know, plaguing some of our communities and have had a lot of success with that as well. As you look ahead, do you see what's coming down the pike? Because there's always another drug that's being morphed into something um, to try and be more potent or more attractive than what the latest thing is. Do you see what may be coming behind um, opioid pills or in fentanyl? Uh, one of the things that we're seeing a substantial increase is in uh, stimulants, and that would be uh, drugs. Uh, that are typically utilized for uh, the treatment of ADD and ADHD. Uh, we're seeing a substantial increase in the number of prescriptions that are being prescribed for those drugs. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking at that, having communication with the uh, medical communities about, um, you know, what's going on in that, in that area. But it's a widely abused drug in the, uh, on the college campuses right now. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that's important about this take back or opioids? And as far as the uh, DEA drug take back program is concerned, anyone looking for a location in their community where they can uh, drop off the unused prescription medication can go to DEA.gov, look for the drug take back uh, drop down. They can put in their uh, city and, and state and find the locations uh, anywhere in the state of Mississippi. There are dozens and dozens of them. And lastly, I didn't ask you about the number of fatalities or hospitalizations um, related to opioids. Do you know what that is at this point? Um, right now we're running about 170 confirmed drug overdoses uh, so far this year. I think that number uh, may be going up after we get our September numbers in. Um and, uh, you know, it, the trend is continuing at about 70 to 73 percent of all of the drug overdoses are being caused by opioids. Director John Dowdy, Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Daryl Smith is assistant special agent in charge for the Drug Enforcement Agency in Mississippi. He tells our Desiree Frazier old prescriptions can be a temptation for those in recovery. And this is a nationwide event. Uh, we started this back in 2009. Uh, we have over uh, 5,000 locations throughout the country. 
How many locations in Mississippi are set up to take back prescription drugs? Uh, Right now, we're somewhere a little over 20 throughout the state. Where can people get the information to find out where they can go? Uh, The easiest location would would be go to DEA.gov or TakeBack.com, and they will have a list of the locations there. When we talk about taking back prescriptions, uh, describe for us what you want people to do. Any of those prescription drugs that, that people have in their medicine cabinets that they're no longer taking, um, there are no questions asked. You go to one of the drop-off locations, uh, you put it in a box, no questions are asked. We don't ask for names. We don't do anything like that, uh, especially with the opioid epidemic that we have in the country right now. Any of those unused prescriptions that, that would lead uh, other folks to, to try to get in there and, and take those from you uh, are a real priority. Uh, the only thing that we don't take are we don't take liquids and we don't take sharps, such as needles. People tend to hold on to prescriptions and they forget about them. They don't finish the prescription or they only take what they need. Um, those prescriptions that are left, are they often misused? The majority of uh, drug abusers start with taking um, prescriptions from family members. So, yes, people are at a real risk for this. Um, we're all uh, uh, creatures of habit, and we tend to hold on to those unused prescriptions. But this is an opportunity for those folks to take 10 minutes, go through your medicine cabinet, and, and let's destroy them. Some might wonder why not just throw them in the toilet or throw them in the trash. Why do they have to take them somewhere? Well, one of the reasons that the whole take back started years ago was uh, the EPA and the FDA were were strong opponents of the way people were doing it, flushing it into the toilets and and, and just pouring it down their sinks. Well, that that leaches back into uh, other things. and, and, And that's what originally this was for, but it's turned into a much bigger issue with the opioid epidemic that we're having. Can you just speak to what you're finding with opioids in Mississippi in terms of the uh, the extent of the crisis here? Mississippi is not unlike any of the rest of the states. You know, we're we're not as comparable as to some of the worst states, but but we're we're not in on the good end either. We do have problems here. Uh, it's something that that we DEA along with our state and local and federal partners have these task forces that we've put together that we're working on this issue uh, and we'll continue to work on it together. Mr. Smith, with the Mississippi DEA, we appreciate your time and talking to us about this matter. Thank you. Visit DEATakeBack.com to find the collection site nearest you. Law enforcement will be collecting prescription drugs from 10 to 2. And now it's time... Because Ezra Wall is here, it is time to ask for your financial support, as we've been doing all week long. You know, we've got a computer that we uh, keep refreshing and to see how many people throughout the week and throughout the days uh, are contributing here at mpbonline.org. And, you know, I, I, I just think it's refreshing uh, to see the support that you, our listeners, offer us for the work that we do. And, and it really helps us keep not only keep doing the work, but it helps sustain us into the future when you become a sustaining member of MPB. So that's what we want you to do today by visiting mpbonline.org. That's mpbonline.org. You can uh, call 888-372-GIVE if you're a more telephonically oriented person. That's 888-372. Yeah, I know, right? 888-372-4483. And uh, we've been keeping a 
running total. We are in the middle of a pet food drive as well, and just uh, the the total on that so far is w- well over fifteen hundred pounds of pet food being donated to shelters all across the state. And for more information on whether your contribution helps contribute to that total, look, it probably does. It's a hard target to miss. We've made it pretty easy. But to see more information about that, go to mpbonline.org, which is where, by the way, you can also make your contribution, either a one-time contribution or become a sustaining member for the first time. Let me jump in for just a second. Yeah, go ahead. Because... All money goes to the cause. And we're not competitive. However, I feel competitive right now. (laughs) And I'm hoping that if you enjoy Mississippi Edition, you know, if you're one of those regular listeners, that you'll make your contribution before 9 o'clock because that will show that you appreciate Mississippi Edition. And uh, and that's when you make your contribution. So we would appreciate that. Of course, we ask for contributions, you know, throughout the day. But absolutely, really, if you want to do we're, it right now, hey, we're so we're so <laughs> pleased that Felder is coming up next. But come on, he always gets more contributions <laughs> than everybody else. So yeah, so please, right now, go to mpbonline.org. You can still listen to us, mpbonline.org, or call 1-888-372-GIVE. That's 1-888-372-4483. We've mentioned, of course, we've been talking about Mississippi Edition. We just mentioned the Gestalt Gardener with Felder Rushing. But those are just two of the 16 locally produced daily programs that we have here on MPB Think Radio. And and they're, they're all of them. Mississippi's edition is news-based. The others are call-in information-based. So we're always providing information and making Mississippi a better informed place to live. So donate right now by going to mpbonline.org or by calling 888-372-GIVE. Support for MPB comes from the Woodward Hines Education Foundation's Get to College program. Based in South Haven, Jackson, and Ocean Springs, Get to College Advisors help students and families plan and pay for college. Learn more at woodwardhines.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The last known Lafayette County lynching victim is being remembered with a memorial marker this weekend. Elwood Higginbotham was just 28 years old when he was killed by an Oxford lynch mob. Higginbotham, an American African-American, had been on trial for murder after apparently killing a white man in self-defense. April Grayson is director of community building for the William Winter Institute, and she tells MPB's Ezra Wall Moore. Elwood Higginbottom is the last uh, documented victim of lynching in Lafayette County. He was killed in September of 1935, and he was actually on trial at the time for the murder of a local white man who had um, he had been in an, an, an altercation uh, with for some time. And um, in May of that year, earlier that year, um, the Mr. Roberts. Uh, stormed the Higginbottom home, armed, and um, he, Elwood Higginbottom shot him in self-defense, um, was pursued by the law and escaped. He was caught in Pontotoc County, um, fearing for his life, fearing that he would be lynched for having an altercation um, with a white man. And he was caught in Pontotoc County, and the sheriff there uh, recognized the potential for lynching and had him removed immediately to Jackson uh, to await trial for his own safety. Uh, he was brought back to Oxford in September, uh, was put on trial, and th- there were uh, rumors going around that the jury 
was sympathetic to Mr. Higginbottom and was going to um, lean towards um, finding him not guilty due to self-defense. And that was the point at which a large posse of white men gathered and broke him out of the jail in Oxford uh, with not very much resistance from local law enforcement and took him just north of town near an area called the Freeway now um, and lynched him. So you're unveiling this marker on on Saturday, uh, marking, uh, sort of commemorating the place. And as you said, Mr. Higginbottom was the last documented lynching in Lafayette County, uh, which for people who don't know is where Oxford is. Talk about what's going to be happening uh, this weekend on Saturday and how people can take part. Great. So we are hosting a ceremony um, at 2 p.m. on Saturday at Second Baptist Church. The ceremony is going to have a lot of participation by family members of Elwood Higginbottom, by the church family uh, at his home church, by representatives of the Winter Institute, the Equal Justice Initiative, the Civil Rights and Restorative Justice Project, and also people who, just local people who've been part of this memorialization movement. Where is the marker going to be when it's uh, finally installed? So the marker will be installed immediately following the ceremony at Second Baptist, and it is going to permanently be at a site called the Three-Way, popularly called the Three-Way here in Oxford, which is actually the intersection of North Lamar Boulevard and Molly Bar Road. And the reason it will be there is because it's just north of that site that the documentation indicates uh, was the site of, of Mr. Hanbottom's lynching. We appreciate you very much for uh, joining us, April Grayson, with the Winter Institute. Thank you. Thank you very much. And a memorial will be held at Oxford Second Baptist Church tomorrow afternoon at 2. And before we leave you today, one more opportunity for you to give, for us to ask you to give to support MPB Think Radio. That's right. And it's uh, so important that you do that because really uh, our listeners have been the source of our not only our, our the reason we do what we do, but a lot of the support that it takes to make it happen uh, over the years. And we come to you year after year, and year after year you support us, uh, and, and we need you to do that just now. The number to call, if you'd like to use the phone, is 888-372-GIVE, 888-372-4483. You can go online to mpbonline.org. You can use any device that will get there to get there. I'm sitting here doing it on my phone right now. And, uh, and, and you can uh, make a contribution that way. It's easy to choose the level that you want to give. It's easy to choose whether you'd like to be a sustainer or whether you'd like to make a one-time contribution. But we really would like to see everybody become a sustainer at that $10 a month level. If you've already been a sustainer at $10 a month for a little while, uh, let's see if you, if maybe you can uh, choose to give us an additional $5 gift and w- making it uh, $15 a month. If you're already at you know $20 a month, maybe think about $25 a month. I know not everybody is going to be able to do that, but some of you can. And the ones who can, we really greatly appreciate it and we depend on it. So Thank you very much for the help that you've given us up to now, and thank you for the help that you're about to give us by going to mpbonline.org. If it's not a possibility for you, you know, if you really are, uh, your budget's very tight, it doesn't matter how much you give. We appreciate all contributions. We appreciate your support. That's what it comes down to. Yes. That you value MPB Radio, and in some way you can show 
appreciation. That's right. That's right. And and we th- we thank you for even, you know, listening to us. I mean, the people who listen to us five minutes a week, five hours a week, we are here for you. We work for you. And we are going to continue to do that. For those of you who can give us that extra show of support, we need it and we would appreciate it by going to mpbonline.org. That's mpbonline.org or by calling 888-372-GIVE. 888- Three seven two four four eight three. Hear this conversation again whenever you want by subscribing to our podcast. Just search for Mississippi Edition in your favorite podcasting app. Coming up at nine o'clock, it's the Gestalt Gardener. Then at ten, it's Next Stop Mississippi. And at eleven, stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again Monday morning at eight thirty for the next Mississippi Edition only on MPB Think Radio. 